Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. We're underscored right now by the music of Sam Brandt, my favorite artist. You'll be hearing a lot more from my son, Sam. We're presented, as always, by betonline.ag. They're your online sportsbook experts. Of course, the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet. Use promo code PODCAST1. You receive that 50% sign-up bonus today. BetOnline.ag. I've got some rants. It's a Brant's Rants edition of the business of sports. As we head into the early part of the NFL season, it's usually a time of turnover. You really talk about the games and the players, but the business continues to run on, and I'll do another Brant's Rants. We'll get into some more guests in future weeks, but I want to talk about at least three rants here. The first one, I want to talk about this idea now with Jalen Ramsey wanting to be traded and hear about two number one picks and the, the trade of Mika Fitzpatrick to the Steelers for a number one pick. What went on with our friend Antonio Brown? What went on with Zeke Elliott? What went on with Jadavion Clowney? So many people are asking me, is this a template? Is this something that's going to happen? Is the player empowerment become a real thing in the NFL? And people are even comparing it or suggesting a comparison to the NBA. So I want to Address that, sort of put a kibosh on the latter thought. First of all, yes, what we're seeing in this year, and I would say last year too, because I'd include Aaron Donald, who tried it two years ago, came back, tail between his legs, did not get a new contract. Last year, of course, did. Khalil Mack as well last year. And then we get into this year, all different circumstances. You have Ezekiel Elliott staying away, going to Cabo, but coming back with a new contract. You have Melvin Gordon staying away, still away as we record this, coming back, maybe not coming back, but if he does, it'll be on the same contract. You have Jadavian Clowney, a franchise tag, stays away, gets traded. You have Jalen Ramsey, as I mentioned, work with the team, but there seems to be issues there, maybe traded. And make of Fitzpatrick, the trade of the star safety to the Steelers. Now, that's a different kind of thing, and we'll talk about that idea that the Steelers might, I'm sorry, the, the Dolphins might be tanking a word that gets me upset. We'll get we'll get there in a minute. Is it a template? And here's my answer, yes and no. And really, yes, if you are special. Now, that's the caveat. You can play this game. You can leverage teams. You can use your power. Antonio Brown is part of this as well. But you better be special. And I mean elite, like truly elite, if you're going to play this. And what is the this? The this is agitating a front office to the point of them doing something. Now, there are a lot of front offices that if you try this, no matter how special, it's not going to work. Try this with Bill Belichick, even if you're Tom Brady. Good luck with that. Now, the t- the players that have been able to do it, you know, have either gotten out of their situations by being pains in the you-know-what, like Brown, or have extricated themselves because of an organizational strategy like Fitzpatrick, and we'll see what happens with Ramsey. The players have gotten paid like a clowny, um, well, he hasn't gotten paid yet, gotten traded, got themselves out, but the players have gotten paid like um, Brown, which we thought was a big contract in Oakland that turned out not to be, and of course Elliott, yes, special, elite. So I guess the question comes down to, 
Are they empowered? Yeah, with a huge caveat. You better be a top 15 player. Because look at what's happening with the L.A. Chargers and Melvin Gordon. And this is one of those careful what you wish for. He wants an upgraded contract. They say, okay, you're making five this year. We're going to give you a deal. Long term, it's going to average 10, double what you're making this year. He says, no way. That's not good enough. That's way below top of market. I'm staying out. They say, good. He says, I want to be traded. They say, good. Get us a good trade. He tries, no. They say, we're done. Come or not come. That is usually what's going to happen. Now, Melvin Gordon is a really good player, but he's not elite. So there's your template. If you're not elite, that's probably the best that's going to happen. You're going to get an offer but it's not going to be the offer you want. So with Melvin Gordon, careful what you wish for. I think the the comparison to the NBA is off because NBA players, A, have fully guaranteed contracts, which makes it so different than NFL contracts. Even the elite of the elite NFL contracts, we talk about Julio Jones just getting that. It's a five-year deal for Julio Jones, and everyone talks about almost three of those years are fully guaranteed. Great. That's a great deal for an NFL player. Only a handful of players like his teammate Matt Ryan, like Kirk Cousins, have three fully guaranteed years. But NBA players have all that. NBA players can not only dictate terms of the contract, can not only extricate themselves from old situations to new, like Antonio Davis. I'm sorry, Anthony Davis, sorry. But they can bring along players with them. NFL players don't have that. That's not happening. So to compare, no. I mean, the one comparison is yes. NFL players with extraordinary talent are leveraging their way out of situations. Okay. NBA players with extraordinary talent are not only leveraging into the situation they want, they're bringing along their buddies and they're dictating contract terms where we find out Kawhi Leonard and Paul George not only extricated their situations to get to the same place, but only signed two-year commitments, an option out or after two to go somewhere else. It's a complete dictation of terms, as if they wrote the deal, and maybe they did. So this is where we're going. That's my rant on that. Two things primarily. Can NBA players, can our NFL players more empowered? Yes, if they're elite, truly elite, super elite, special. And are they becoming like NBA? No, because NBA players have massive advantages. They've been the players' league since LeBron's decision nine and a half years ago. And that is only getting stronger while NFL players are just getting to that point probably aren't even at the point of, quote-unquote, the decision in the NBA in 2010. So that's my first rant of the week. There's a new daily sports podcast from Wondery. It's called The Lead. It's for every type of sports fan who wants to go beyond the box score. It's every weekday morning. It's going to bring you one big story from the all-star team at The Athletic, their local, their national reporters. could be how terrible a call from last night in the NFL. It could be... Whatever's going on. It's hosted by sports writer Kavitha Davidson. I know her well. Peabody Award journalist Andrews Kelto. They'll take you close to the story, the comprehensive reporting, fascinating clips. 
exclusive interviews you won't hear anyone else. So stay tuned to the end of this podcast for a preview of The Lead. Don't forget to subscribe to The Lead on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this right now. Okay, next is about the quarterbacks. Uh, I am seeing what's going on in the NFL, and like everyone else, you're sort of wondering what is going to be the effect of not having superstar quarterbacks in the league. We had quite a weekend this past weekend where two of the marquee quarterbacks, the most marketable players in the league, went down. One, Ben Roethlisberger, with the Pittsburgh Steelers for the year. For the year. That's that's drastic. And then, of course, Drew Brees is going to be gone, we think, four to six weeks, maybe more, maybe less, with a thumb injury. These are massive departures when you talk about players like that. And word comes out that a player was told not to hit Tom Brady too hard by the referee. Listen, everyone's asking me, I'm the business guy, how, how big an impact it is to lose these quarterbacks. And obviously it's not good. And I'm partial to Green Bay. And when we lost Aaron Rodgers, two of the last whatever years, you know, it's a bummer. It's a bummer for fans. It's a bummer for fans of the league. The brand is lesser without Roethlisberger, without Darnold for a few weeks, without Breeze for a few weeks, potentially Cam Newton for a few weeks. Yeah, it's tough. But it is a brand. It is not the NBA. We go back to that discussion where teams are the brand, not the players. Teams are really the brand. I think the issue becomes, which could happen to Pittsburgh, definitely, maybe New Orleans, if they get bad. That's the problem. The problem is not losing the stars. It's if they get bad. Now, some people would say that's connected, obviously. You know, if you if you got Mason Rudolph instead of Ben Roethlisberger as your quarterback, you're going to be bad. That will be a problem, especially as we get in later this season and the record becomes out of play for the playoffs. You know, again, going back to Rodgers a couple years ago, it was one thing to lose Rodgers on the Packers, but then they started losing. If somehow they kept their head above water with whoever the backup was, um, Brett Hundley or whoever could be in there, yeah, there wouldn't be that much of a drop-off in interest, at least on the Packers' side. But you need to do well. So a bigger issue, and I know people say these are inextricably linked, losing your star quarterback and being a bad team, but as long as they keep their head above water, they should be fine. The problem is really the Steelers. They're a marquee brand. If they go in the toilet, if things go really south, I know it's it's 0-2, but it's really early. If things go really south, that's going to be a big problem. You can't have more than a few of those because the overall interest in the league will drop off if you start getting marquee teams not doing well. So a couple years ago, again, the Packers got bad. That's going to hurt the league. So it's it's twofold. So I'm saying the league's fine with losing these quarterbacks unless and until one is not bad, but a number of marquee teams go south. Because of those lost quarterbacks, can the Saints keep it alive until Breeze comes back? What's going to happen to the Steelers? Are there going to be other losses of marquee teams? But if you lose a Rodgers, if you lose a Dak Prescott, if you lose, obviously, a Brady, you know, if you lose a Mahomes, of course, you know, it's going to have a huge effect because those teams may go south. 
are the Patriots going to go south without Brady if that, God forbid, that would happen? Well, you know, we'll see. Maybe not with the teams in their division. Who knows? Uh, and again, Darnold was obviously a marketable name for the Jets. He's gone for a while. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, so my point on that rant is that, I don't know. I just think we have to sort of give it time, see where it goes. It's not as simple as losing the marquee quarterbacks. It's losing the marquee quarterbacks and those teams going south. We'll see what happens with the Steelers. We'll see if the Saints can hold their heads above water and what happens with Cam Newton in Carolina and how, how, fall the, how far the Jets will fall before their sick quarterback with mononucleosis, Sam Darnold, comes back, and if they get better, much better. Okay, that's my second rant, but the third rant is related because we're talking about the quarterback position. The big news in the NFL this week was the ascension of Daniel Jones from Duke University, who I have some inside uh, personal experience with, to the starting quarterback position for the Giants and the demotion of Eli Manning. You know, and I've put this out on Twitter, this sort of fan reaction, we're fickle. I put myself in that group too, where the fan, the media, everyone's reaction to the sixth pick in the draft being Dale Jones was was horror, twitticule as I call it. Twitter went nuts, outrage. How could they make him so high? How could they do that? And of course, now we're in week three and everybody's saying, well, why did it take so long to put Daniel Jones in for Eli Manning? Because the team looks like it's really going south. Well, I think the the idea is that, you know, they were going to do it at some point. I, I sort of tweeted out, why didn't they just make the, make the clean break? You know, I've had experience here. So obviously, moving on from a superstar quarterback that's been the signature player for your franchise for so long. Obviously, we went through it in Green Bay. In Green Bay, we took Aaron 24th, not 6th in the draft, and the big difference, absolute big difference, is that we waited, he waited, three years as an understudy in the bullpen to come in for Brett Favre. And I stake my claim, I've said this many times before, I will stake my claim to the ground forever on this. There will never, ever, ever, be another first-round quarterback that sits for three years. Ever. And it doesn't have to do with money, because the money's less than it was back in Aaron's day. It doesn't have to do with anything, but maybe social media. Like, it's... (laughs) You have a first-round quarterback, even if it's a Hall of Famer. At some point, people are going to start saying, well, what are we doing here? Let's get him on the field. And it was extremely tough... I've talked about this before, three years of this. I spent my life, my professional life, a, a decent part of it, which no one knows, managing situations with Brett and Aaron. I won't talk about their personal situation and getting along with each other, but I will say this, it wasn't easy for either of them. Think about this. On Brett's side, I would hear things from his camp, not him, saying, hey, do you know what it's like to come into work every day and sit with your replacement? It's no fun. Think about that in your own life. You want that? On Aaron's side, the natural reaction from his camp, and not him, but his camp, was, he's never going to play there. What are you guys doing? 
Brett's never going to retire. You're wasting him. So we just had to deal with that. I had to deal with it. I was good friends with both agents. We just had to make sure everyone was happy. You know, it's not easy. And I, some of this obviously went on with Brady and Garoppolo. Some of this maybe went on with Jones and Manning. Oh, they, they seem the two of the nicest people in the world. And it's the natural transition. When is it going to happen? It's not a question of if. It's when with a, with a first-round quarterback. Look at last year. It didn't take till, what, half the season was the latest of the five first-round quarterbacks that got in? Tyrod Taylor was paid $60 million in Cleveland, lasted two or three games, in with Mayfield. Josh McCown, New York Jets, two or three games, in with uh, Sam Darnold. Sam Bradford, Arizona, in three games, $15 million. That's it. Get Rosen in there. Joe Flacco, $17 million. Three, four, five, what was it? It's like maybe eight games. Lamar Jackson, get him in there. Josh Allen in Buffalo. I don't even know who was the starter. A.J. McCarron, maybe? Got him in there. They're all playing. And now Daniel Jones is playing. And you know Haskins in Washington is going to play by Halloween, if not by Thanksgiving. So, I mean, listen, teams are nervous about handing it over right away. But we've seen wastes of money. Eli's going to make $17 million for two games, assuming he doesn't come back due to injury of Jones. And you sort of see what's, you know, what's the strategy now? The strategy seems to be get them in there. They're going to have growing pains. And the growing pains are always going to be there. So the question is, how do you deal with the growing pains? Just get it out of the way. Here in Philadelphia, where I'm sitting, Sam Bradford was going to be that guy for a year. Carson Wentz was going to be the third. Sam Bradford, uh, Teddy Bridgewater breaks his leg in Minnesota. They get a one for Bradford. All of a sudden, Wentz is the starter. It was the right move. It just happened through a dumb stroke of luck and an unfortunate injury in Minnesota that they were allowed to do that. Amazing how that injury bailed out the Eagles to get Wentz his growing pains, to lead to an MVP season, although he got hurt at the end, the next year. So these are the kind of things that go on. It's, um, it's tough in New York. Uh, as people know, I'm now involved with Vayner Sports and Gary V, and we had a great meeting and visit with Daniel Jones and his father. He obviously went to CAA, didn't choose us, but what a special kid. I was a big fan from the beginning, like like his dad a lot from Charlotte. Great family, athletic family with sisters playing. Uh, so Daniel Jones is going to be a good quarterback, in my opinion. I'm not a scout, but he's got a great temperament. And he's like, you know, again, a lot of it is character, I think. That counts. So we'll see where it goes in New York. As for Eli, you know, what do you do? You he doesn't he has a no trade clause. He lives in New York. He's got a place at the Hamptons. He's not going anywhere. And he is, as it seems, about the nicest guy around, so he'll be fine. And uh, you know, with injuries that we talked about, what could happen with Daniel Jones? He could come back. So we'll see what happens in New York. But again, teams have to evolve. I get it. You take a first-round pick, you're really making your bed there. You know, first-round pick quarterback, even Johnny Menzel played 
his first year. You got to get him in there. And that's what teams are thinking. There will never be an Aaron Rodgers, even if a Hall of Famer, like, you know, people think Eli is. So that's where we are. And I've got one more rant. This idea of tanking, because we're hearing that with the Dolphins now. We Obviously, it's a big word. It's, it's one of those, you know, like the tweeter-in-chief, he gets on these phrases. <laughs> it's a phrase the media has jumped on with the Dolphins. Tanking because, of course, they're losing big game by incredible margins. They don't seem to be any good, and now they're trading off their best players. Listen, let's just be clear. Maybe this is so obvious I don't even need to say it, but players and coaches don't tank. Players and coaches don't tank. What do you think? Players, Football players are not going to block or tackle or catch the ball. They're going to intentionally drop passes. They're going to intentionally throw balls over receivers' heads. They intentionally let a guy run by him on defense. No. But there is an organizational strategy that has become popular in sports to go down to the studs and become bad. It started maybe with Sam Hinkie here in Philadelphia with the Sixers several years ago. And the Houston Astros are an example. Other teams are an example. In in football, the closest thing is probably recently the Cleveland Browns. And basically, I don't call it tanking, but I, I don't know what the right word is. Trust the process is probably the closest where you've got to be looking at what Sam Hinkie told me, and these words ring true, if you think about it. There is, it's five words. There is no reward for mediocrity. Okay, so in sports, there is no reward for mediocrity. So what do you do? You have to get generational players. And how do you get them? Well, you get them in the NBA through free agency or... You get them in other sports, including the NBA, through the top of the draft. And you don't get them in free agency in the NFL because no true generational players get to free agency. The biggest name in free agency in the past whatever years has been, or the biggest contract at least, has been Kirk Cousins. Teams aren't stupid. They're not going to let guys stick to free agency. they got a franchise tag. So how do you get them in football? The only way is at the top of the draft. So we look at Cleveland. Now they have Miles Garrett. Now they have Baker Mayfield, two foundational pieces. And they filled in around them with free agents and others. And, of course, the big trade of Beckham. But maybe that's what the Dolphins are trying to do. And now they have an extra one for Fitzpatrick. I'm not against the word tanking. I just I think it has this connotation of giving up. Let's be clear. The, f- the players and the coaches are not giving up. It's the front office that's deciding... There's no reward for mediocrity, even if the Dolphins could be mediocre, which that doesn't seem they can be. So they're tearing it down and trying to build up. Will it work? I don't know. The Sixers have foundational pieces in basketball. It took a while. The Astros have foundational pieces in baseball. It took a while. Miami fans, hey, hang on. It's going to be a while. And in Miami, I can say it might work because there's a, it's kind of a... Uh, we played down there. It was all Packers fans. Bears play down there. It's all Bears fans. Cowboys play down there. It's all Cowboys fans. But if and when they become a star team, people come out in Miami, sure. So that's my point about tanking. And I'm just uh, echoing the thought of Sam Hinkie, which was there's no reward for mediocrity. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, now a word from our sponsor, of course, Bet Online. Now we're in week three 
we got a lot going on. NFL, college continues to heat up. A lot of big games. Go to podcast1betonline.ag. Take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. You know how to get your free account. Podcast One, 50% sign-up bonus. What do we got this week? First on the college side, the big games in the Big Ten, Michigan-Wisconsin. We got Notre Dame-Georgia, and of course in the NFL. We got the Rams. um, uh, I'm sorry. And then the NFL, we got the Bears in Washington. We got Baltimore, Kansas City. That's going to be a great game with Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, Houston and the Chargers, Rams at Cleveland. So all that's going on. Go to betonline.ag. Don't forget your promo code PODCAST1 for your 50% sign-up bonus today. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. It's time to hear from you. If you've got a question for Andrew, leave him a voicemail at 484-416-5654. First one is from David. It's about a topic I've already discussed, a little different take on the Eli Manning, Daniel Jones take. Hi, it's David. Andrew, great job. I have a question about Manning, about Eli Manning. It seems like, didn't the Giants probably pick up his option in March because they didn't want to tip their hand a month before the draft that they were going to take a quarterback. And even though, and they said, well, let's try it, see if we do well. And now there's two weeks in, they do well, they're dropping him. And they're going to take the $20 million cap hit, but maybe they felt that was worth it rather than tipping their hands and having to fight other teams for their choice of quarterback in the draft. Thanks a lot. Yeah, David, that's a good question. You know, when he uh, when David talks about option, I'm not sure exactly what he's talking about, but maybe uh, Eli Manning had a roster bonus in March. For contracts in the NFL, if it's all salary, you know, you have to wait. Uh, you, don't, you, you don't have to cut someone early because they don't really get salary until September. You could actually wait. A lot of teams did that and cut players in the offseason. But, you know, they're not going to cut Eli Manning uh, before the draft, even after picking Jones. And as far as tipping their hand, there's that story of, you know, the the Gettleman and the Giants saying there were teams that wanted Jones. They had to get him, people disputing that. Whatever it is, if that's the guy they want, if that's the guy they think is the future of their franchise, if that's the guy they can replace Eli Manning long term, take him. Now, I know they had another pick in the, in the first round, but again, quarterbacks are always pushed up because of the position. So, yeah, take them. And I think what you're bringing up is the cap hit. Listen, they are taking a $16 million cap hit on Odell Beckham, which I've been critical of, but I don't, I don't know what else you do with Eli now that the season started. If you were going to make a clean break, I guess you could have, but then you sort of got to trade Eli Manning. You're not going to just cut him, are you? You got to work it out with him and the, the gravitas that he has. Where is he going to go? Who's going to acquire him? You know, I guess he could be traded now to Jacksonville or something. I don't know, but I just don't see it. And again, Eli Manning to me is going to be a good mentor and teammate to Daniel Jones. And carrying a player that's been the signature player on your team at that cap number. I think it's different than carrying someone you signed in free agency that didn't work out. It's got a huge cap number there. You should probably move on. He's not a big part of your team, doesn't have history there. So, again, i got a lot of respect for Eli Manning. I'm not one of these people that argues about Hall of Fame. I just think Hall of Fame is a ridiculous discussion in football. I know everyone's cursing that right now, but 
Football is interdependent, 11 players on the field at the same time. They all are intertwined, and eh, come on. Someone drops a pass. Does Eli Manning have Super Bowl, have two Super Bowls without David Tyree making that catch? I don't know. Does he have two Super Bowls if Wes Welker didn't drop a pass from Tom Brady? I don't know. If Merrill Manningham didn't make incredible catches, unique, worldly catches? Yeah, I mean, of course, it's all interrelated. So anyway, don't get me started about Hall of Fame. But Eli Manning, I'm impressed with as a person how he has taken the heat in New York for so long without snapping back. I mean, think about that. Uh, he's just been, he's got a good personality for that. Uh, so kudos to him. And I do think he'll be a good teammate, mentor, counselor to Daniel Jones as we go forward. All right. Uh, that, my friends, um, that, my friends, will do it for this week's edition of the Business of Sports podcast, a Brant's Rants edition. Again, music provided by the great and one and only Sam Brant. Uh, really appreciate those of you who follow me on Twitter, at Andrew Brandt. Apple podcast rankings and comments are always appreciated. Thanks to my producer extraordinaire, Brian Neal. And we'll be back next week with another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Follow sports through sound bites or the full story. From up in the press box or down on the sidelines. What do, what do you want to accomplish this year? Actually, I want to accomplish getting on this team first. This fall, a new daily podcast brings you closer to the sports stories that matter. Stories about players. A guy like Zion just represents that hope of the failures of the past don't matter because we've got this guy now. Stories about hometowns. You will see hundreds of people wearing number 32 Simpson jerseys uh, in the stands on Sunday afternoons for a Bills home game. And stories about the teams you love. This was the first chance for all those baseball fans to see their guy. From The Athletic, home to the best storytelling in sports. And Wondery, the company behind Sports Wars and Gladiator. I'm Kavitha Davidson. And I'm Anders Kelto. Introducing The lead. Go beyond the box score five days a week. This isn't a story where you go to some place and interview the athlete and go home. It stays with you. Are you kidding me? I've never seen anything like that. The lead is out now. Subscribe today on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now. The lead. Sports up close. Hey, hey, I need some more of that.